everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I'm fantastic, Robbie. I love letting people vote on things. It's so fun. You brought it up, Matt. You were, The first thing you bring up uh, is yeah. that, which is the thing that soured me the most on this episode. I think this episode's borderline good, and then... um. We'll get to it. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. Uh, you get all of our bonus episodes, all the episodes that have fallen off the main feed. You get uh, a bunch of weekly posts. Uh, also, you get uh, access. You can leave your review for these episodes as we do them. If you want to do that, even for a dollar, you can do that. You don't even have to do it for two. One dollar a month, and you can be on this podcast as a, a weekly contributor to this the 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 parade of pain, as I call it. Uh, this week's episode is the last episode of season twenty-two, Matt. Where we are here, we got through twenty-two. By far the worst yet. I'm pretty sure it feels yeah, like. Yeah, I really did think that the the twenties were going to be a better collection of episodes, but that is not the case. I'm hoping that this is a beginning of an upswing. I know, I know, I've seen, I've seen at least one episode in twenty-three, and it was really good. It's a really good episode. So I know that there's oh, one well, episode that. I think it's season twenty-three. It's uh, 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 the Bart on a cruise ship, the family on a cruise ship episode, and Bart. Oh, that one—the one that everyone talks about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone talks about. I mean, I think it's good. That's why well, everyone, everyone everyone identifies that as a hey, this is a really good later Simpsons episode. So you know, yeah, yes, it's out there. I don't know about the rest. Maybe. Oh maybe, no, Mo goes from rags to riches. Oh, the rag episode. Season twenty-three. Also season, oh, good. I can't wait. I love the rag episode. We're gonna. What's can't wait. This week's episode is the Nedliest Catch episode NABF fifteen. Originally aired May twenty second, twenty eleven. Written by Jeff Westbrook, directed by Chuck Sheets. Received a two point nine rating with five point two million viewers. There is no chalkboard uh, gag, no couch gag, no intro at all. We get the clouds directly into the episode, which is the first sign of like, oh, they tried. <laughs> they didn't just make the episode as short as possible. Yeah, right. They they had they had an idea for this episode and they cut around it. Like that's they they cut other stuff to make the episode better. And honestly, it shows. They yes, not, you can definitely say this episode is something they they tried hard at. I can I feel the effort in in it. Um this episode guest stars Ken Burns as himself, Joey Kramer, who is a drummer for Aerosmith as himself. Uh I guess re- coming back, right? Cuz he was in uh, I did. Was he actually? Did he do a voice in? Was that Flaming Moe's where Aerosmith shows up? It was up? Flaming Moe's, and I believe it is. Yes, I, I believe uh, he is the one that Mrs. Krabappel steals his drumsticks. Steal right. the drummer? Yes, he's the drummer. So there, there's a little callback there, which I think is interesting. Um, and finally, we have Marsha Wallace's Edna Krabappel. Uh, she does uh, a great job as always, and here she's actually given lots to work with, uh, and she delivers as always. Marshall Wallace always did a great job when they gave, especially when they gave her material, um, and as a vehicle for basically just an Edna. This is effectively an Edna and Ned. This is a Nedna episode, right? This is the birth of Nedna, um, and this is effectively an episode for both of them, uh, and it works really well. I think even. Matt, this is a thought that came to me. They don't do these types of episodes very often, and almost never anymore. Like they did them even even in the golden years, they did them sparingly. But this is like a character based. This is the plot of this is basically nothing. There's no plot in this. This is like there's a little bit with Homer and Bart, really. Like 
they like there's moments of plot where like oh edna goes to teacher jail oh homer and bart try and break up nedna but other mm-hmm. than that this is just like let's just follow ed and uh, ed, Ned, edna and ned around that's kind of the episode it's not there's not a lot like even our 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 like our i was we took notes right and i didn't was there's like no notes to take cuz it's just like they sit and talk for 20 minutes you know basically <laughs> a lot of this episode is people just sitting and talking which i'm not upset with i'm not upset with um so we get a i get this we do get an inciting incident it happens fast right no it does it's real quick like it starts out and then there's there's one inciting incident and it sets off the entire plot yeah there's no filler here there's not five inciting incidents we have a school assembly uh because the girls basketball team actually won a game two to nothing in triple overtime um the team is sick uh and so lisa is left to pick up the pieces by carrying like she's the equipment manager for the what equipment does the girls basketball team have jerseys I mean, does that count balls jerseys bask like the racks that basketball sit on <laughs> uh you know uh they've also got you know chairs and towels and all kinds of things were, were you in, they have chair matt you don't if you're an equipment manager you don't manage the chairs i mean you might <laughs> the, the athletes can be very uh okay about their we're equipment. not we're not talking about lebron james matt we're talking about a, a, a middle school like an elementary school of, of girls basketball team um Apparently Matt laughed at something here because he noted it in his in the notes. What did you laugh at? You know? Oh yes, uh, it should be in the notes. Uh, it say oh, um, Millhouse being part when, of the uh, revolution. Bart, yes, Millhouse being part of the revolution. Uh, Bart breaks Millhouse's glasses, uh, and he, then he says, "I'm sorry," which again unexpected for Bart. Bart says, "I'm sorry" to Millhouse for mistreating him, and Millhouse says, "That's cool. I'm just happy to be part of the revolution." And just. I don't know why the idea of this being a revolution tickled me and Milhouse wanted to be a part of it. I I thought that was a good way to start the episode. Yeah, there's there's some chaos happening at the assembly because Skinner says, oh, we're going to have free play because there's no girls basketball team. Then Lisa goes up to make a speech and stops the free play. So everyone's upset. Everything gets chaotic. And basically Bart causes mischief, collapses the, the bleachers with a button, and therefore – and everything just goes crazy. Um uh and the teachers and skinner kind of lose control um and edna this folk we get a kind of focus in on edna as she runs after bart catches him and then hits him once and then twice this is immediately afterwards oh edna it was an open hand does that help edna we can tolerate mild alcoholism leaving melted cheese in the microwave even selling a's for cigarettes but in laying a hand on a student, you have crossed a line. Nurse, get a slap kit. Right away, sir. In all my years of teaching, I've never raised a hand to a student. But you learned. You grew. No, you should never raise your hand to a child. Just leave the crust on their sandwiches. They'll get the message. Rest assured, Mrs. Simpson, that we have a zero-tolerance policy for this sort of thing when it occurs in front of witnesses. What's going to happen to me? Edna, you're suspended with full pay until the hearing, which is currently scheduled for 57 years from tomorrow. It was going to be 60, but I moved it up because I I like the way you torment Skinner. Oh, so I, I still get my check, but I get to stay at home? I'm afraid it's not quite that simple. Uh, Seymour, who's running this meeting? I thought I was. Edna, 
Until the State Disciplinary Committee rules on your case, every workday you'll report to a school board holding facility, an educational limbo, as it were, where you are the unbaptized dead baby. <clears throat> they never seem to like that analogy. I mean, and it's not a great analogy, let's be real. No, and this is... there. There's some of these... Like, there's some jokes in here that are they're good, solid, and then some that are like this, where you go, this is the... Okay, well, you're like, was this supposed to be funny? Is this awkward humor? Like, Ooh. it's normal. Is it, I would call this typical season 22, Matt. Like, they can't escape yeah, it. Yes, in, they exactly. can't escape it entirely, where you just kind of... They say something, and you're just confused. Um, luckily, it's kept on the margins. Um, most of the focus here is on Edna. Um, I do wish they, I think this is another, I guess, minor complaint about it is that I wish this, and it did just hit Bart. Like she just slaps him twice. Not just once. She slaps, she hits him. Everyone's shocked and she does it again. And yeah, I'm just, like, I was so confused by her doing it again. I was like, wait, what, what's going on here? Am I missing something? I think she's just doubling down. I think that was uh, in that, in that moment. I'm, I think that's just Edna going like, no, I'm going to do, I definitely did it. I might as well do it twice. Right. If you're going to, I get it. Like you're going to do something bad. You're not going to get worse punishment because you did it twice. Right, one slap is going to be the same punishment for Ed. I mean, and to be fair, but they never. This is forgotten, right? This be, this is. Uh, I I I think I'm about to play a clip where Bart apologizes to Edna, and you're like, to be fair, Bart shouldn't apologize. It doesn't matter what he did. Your teacher can't hit a kid. Um, no one should hit a kid. No one should hit anybody. Let's be real. I mean, there are mm, good reasons, but out of uh, the blue like this, no one. No, you should not hit children. Um, I disagree with Matt. Sometimes people do definitely need to be punched in the face. Um, like I said, there are extenuating circumstances. But also, in... consent can be involved with adults. But you shouldn't ever hit children. <laughs> All right, Matt. Let's let's keep that to a minimum here. This is a Ned episode. Okay, we gotta keep it chased. Um, Bart. So. Edna is suspended. I do like the bit with she's suspended with pay for 57 years. Like the idea of like, oh, well, she won't actually. I mean, to be fair, that's like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I think teachers nowadays are in such thin, are, you know, they would, they would get fired probably for hitting a, a child, depending on the circumstances. Uh, Bart's a white kid. So th- yeah, he, she, Edna would be fired. I think that's the actual extenuating circumstances. Um, but we and it's not fire. She's suspended with pay, but there's a trick. There's a, a trick. There's a catch where she can't just stay home and get this pay. She instead has to go to a teacher holding facility limbo, and we get introduced to this place. It's kind of sad. It's falling apart. There's a lot of teachers there, and you just sit there. You just have to sit there all day. Even though I will say this, Matt, I one of those teachers is reading a book, so you can read all day. If you want to, I mean that does that doesn't sound fun, but it seems like we're, it's there could be a lot worse things. I mean, I get to bring any books I want and read all day and get paid for it. Yeah, that's. I mean, obviously, I probably did something bad to deserve to be there, but I get to read all day and get paid. What like what's the downside of that? I like reading, Matt. I don't know about like what, I do too. I don't know if I can do it for eight hours a day every day. But... I mean, you can take a break. You take a nap. You take one of those chairs, lean it up against the wall. Um, oh, so I can't sleep unless I'm in bed. So 
I forget. I mean, what does, Matt, we're just going to wait. Eventually, you'll age to the point where you're so tired. You'll fall asleep anywhere. You'll fall God, asleep. I can't wait for that day. <laughs> you'll get there. Don't worry. It might take you a while. So we finally get to the point where, where some, and this is also not, <laughs> this isn't brought up at all, but Bart is just suddenly appears in the vents of this place. How did Bart get? How did Bart know where it is? How did Bart get in the vents? They don't care. They this just during the school day. How did Bart get out of school? Don't they don't we don't think about it, Matt. We just keep moving. Uh, where Bart has now uh, infiltrated this facility and does his best to uh, basically free Edna. Down here, haven't you caused enough trouble? You shouldn't suffer for my bad deed. It should just go unpunished forever. Fine. Half-assed apology accepted. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a lot of very important things to do. What else do you want to talk about? Meet me in the bathroom. Check this out, a dead possum! Hi, Caramba! Okay, Bart, what's going on? I'm a teacher in a bathroom with a student. That's why most of these people are here in the first place. Mrs. K, I'm here to spring you. Well, that's kind of you, especially after I nearly choked the life out of you. You didn't do that. No, but that's what I told everyone I did to earn the respect of the gangs. But I can't just wander out of here whenever I feel like it. Who says you're leaving? Oh, you made a dummy of me? Mm, I use it to workshop my pranks. <laughs> now follow me! <laughs> oh, I don't know about this. I can't believe a middle-aged woman is scared of a three-story drop. I'll show you who's middle-aged. Uh, mm. uh, uh, uh. Mm-hmm. Oh, great! The one day I put cream cheese on my bagel. Ah! Ah! Oh, did a volcano erupt in Candyland? Because I just caught me a flying red hot. Ha! Ah. I want to say, for Ned? That's a good line. Is that's, a, that's, like, very, like, uh, flirty for Ned. Like to... it is, it, it's true. But I feel like Ned has this thing uh, about himself that, um, uh, like he comes across. He says something that would come across as flirty from anyone else, but from Ned, it just comes across as friendliness. Mm, calling a girl a red hot, man. That's pretty. You know, I don't know. That feels like a little. Uh, not to say that it's too much, because also I think Ned is. I, I, I this episode. Just for this alone, Matt, makes Ned feel like a human and not just like a stereo, uh, like a conservative Christian stereotype machine. He's not a, he's not just a conservative Christian stereotype I mean, there robot. There are some things about that that, that that pop up in this episode. There are some points like he mentions Christian underpants and things like that. So there, those jokes are still in there. But in his interactions with other characters, he feels like a real person. He feels like season two Ned again. I don't mind the jokes because they're jokes. Um, and I had a roommate who wore Christian underpants, man, in college. What What are Christian underpants? I'm not aware of this. Are we going to talk, do we want to, you want to take a break from the podcast where we diverge into Christian underpants? 
I, I don't. I mean, I, I just assumed it would be a quick one line explanation. Explainer, I, I can't. Not. I can't, man. Not in one line. I would. I. They exist. Do you guys go Google that? You'll get lots of. There's a lot. It's very. I don't really. It's not exciting. Okay, it is exactly what you think it is. It is. Hey, you don't wear. It's very boring underwear. Here, there. You want a one line? It's very boring underwear that they okay. on, they only have that. Okay. This is a. This was a dude. I don't know what the lady okay so edna leaves by ladder falls and now is saved by flanders caught by flanders so that she doesn't get hurt um and we get a good we get a, a line about red hots um then we go to commercial six minutes 23 seconds for short short first act gets everything going now we have we have nedna they're together they do well they're they're together but like they are they're in, in the sense that they're in the near each other talking well, to well, each we, other we have uh, the meat gonna... the meat cute has happened matt exactly the meat cute has happened so uh they meet uh ned basically saves her probably not her life but probably from a lot of horrible pain and you know rehab uh <laughs> and it turns out that they are a good mix they start to talk and realize that they enjoy each other's company uh so uh we were talking about why you decided to drop into the flanders arms for some reason, I was following the advice of one Bart Simpson. Bart Simpson? Well, he lives right next door to me. Yeah, when they made him, they did not skimp on the puppy dog tails. And what about that father? Homer? <laughs> yeah, he's the peanut in your popcorn. Lots of fun, I guess. So, what say we have lunch? You know, I wouldn't mind Homer lying naked in his hammock, but does he have to string it up higher than the fence line? I'll bet your wife doesn't like it. Oh, I'm afraid my Marty's putting plastic on the clouds now. Oh, you poor man. Besides my kids, the only thing in my life is my business, the Leftorium. We've been the anchor store in the sad mall for the last ten years. Oh. Uh, and you're a former missus? So, uh, where's your husband buried? Probably between the hooters of a coat check girl in Shelbyville. Ha! Oh, boy, that laugh is infectious. Ha! Ha! It's fun. Thank you for lunch, Ned. Well, thank you for taking me to that Pinkberry place. It's a lot less racy than its name would lead you to believe. Crossing it off my do-not-go list. Mm-hmm. Well, sir, I guess I better re-fenestrate you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Any chance I could see you again? You know, I am a fallen woman. Oh, whoa, slow down. I never go to second entendre on the first date. <laughs> I honestly think this clip is one of the best things about this episode for, for several reasons. One, refenestrate. Great joke. Love it. Uh, I love the double entendre on the first date. That, that's like a numbers joke and a word joke all in one, and it's great. And Ned is not freaking out. Ned makes at least one slightly off-color joke, and he's not losing his damn mind about it. He's like, oh, you know, that's ha-ha-ha. And just he deflects it by talking about her laugh. You can tell he's uncomfortable, but he's not freaking out about it. Like, this this is who I want Ned to be. Like, a slightly uptight guy who, you know, sometimes makes you mad, but is, is core a good guy. Like, this is, this is honestly the best part of this episode. There's multiple scenes where it's just people talking to each other, revealing character that way. Um... And when I said, oh, this is a character-based episode, this is what I mean, where it's like, yes, when you're describing, you know, when I put this down in our notes, I'm just like, Edna and Ned talk. And that takes a couple minutes, uh, just a scene where they're just going on it. It's not quite a date yet. It's not romantic, even though they probably both have some romantic interest with each other. But 
it is just them talking. There's no crazy plot shenanigans going on. It's not just like lots of cutting into between 20 second scenes that are meaningless. This is them revealing character. And it's quite honestly, very refreshing from basically almost everything we've gotten in season 22. Well, yeah, because you're not going to get this kind of scene with the core family anymore. Uh, you, you probably could. I'm sure someone could come up with this, but it seems unlikely uh, that uh, uh, they would anymore. Uh, but, you know, this works. It's a lot of fun. Anyway, moving on. Oh, stupid. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see here. So uh, Ned takes uh, Edna back to the holding facility. She sneaks back in where someone has been waiting for the bathroom for three hours and never thought to break down the door. Uh, someone might be in trouble in there. No, God forbid. Uh, but then we get a montage of Nedna, uh, of uh, Edna and Ned spending time together. And it's uh, it's it's a montage. It's it's decent. It's not great. It, it's, it's not bad. It's cute. It's just a, it's just it is. Hey, time has passed. It is like that yes. is effectively what all that's what they should be used for. Like, hey, here's a 30 second montage that lets you realize, oh, they are now dating, right? Basically, that is what's happening. We realize, oh, they are continuing to go out on dates. They are an item. How official an item is eh, semi official enough for us to get a montage of it. They're with each other a lot. They are. Uh, but this is interrupted one day when uh, Edna is still in the teacher jail. And this this is the depressing part. Uh, Chalmers comes up to her and says, oh, the governor has crushed the teachers union. So we're allowed to fire you now. It's like, oh, all right. That's uh, yikes. But sure, uh, that moves the plot along. At least there's that. Um, so she is fired and immediately rehired, uh, I assume, for a much lower salary. And now they're forcing her to work weekends. I forget. What does she have to work weekends doing? Being a prison guard. Uh, prison guard. That's right. And she gets to uh, get in touch with her former students. Yep. 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 Boy, a lot, lot of uh, depressing things happening here. I mean, this is I'm. It's a. I'm. I hate to tell the every Edna episode is depressing. That's true. It, it, it just it's in like Ned episodes too. Like even Ned most Ned episodes, most Edna episodes are like tragedies. <laughs> they just always end in horror. I mean, you're not wrong, but it's oh. just, they're just really sad. And like I don't know, like it's they're she's like Edna for the like for between the great years of the Simpsons and the bad years of the Simpsons, Edna has always been kind of a melancholic character. She's it's always yeah, she's like. like it's like she's halfway between a regular character and Mo. Like you have a, an episode about her, and it's kind of sad, but also kind of touching. Whereas Mo's episodes are just generally bad. Uh, that's man, I, I, we can't. There's a great. There are great Mo episodes. Okay, we can't. You can't throw everything in just one big basket. <sighs> yeah, that's true. There are a couple of good Mo episodes. I, I had trouble thinking of one at first, but you're right. There's at least a couple. <laughs> uh, but yes, uh, to celebrate. Nenda wants her and, uh, and Edna wants to take her and Ned's relationship to the next level. Unfortunately, Flanders is not OK with this. He wants to wait. He's not OK with premarital, you know, relations. Uh, and uh, if I'm remembering the record of the episode correctly, uh, eventually uh, they watch a episode, a, a documentary about cheese making. Uh, to cool their juices, as it were. And eventually, Ned comes around and takes off his I believe, two sweaters and a shirt to get down to his wife, Blesser. And we fade to black to a commercial. I, I like, okay. I they, like the wife, Blesser, man. Wife I, can't bless, I like wife, really Blesser. Funny. It's very cute. 
Um, but there, like again, this is all very kind of mature compared to what the Simpsons has been for the yeah. past season or several seasons, honestly. Uh, where it's just again, it's just a couple like navigating this new relationship, and you know they do make out. Uh, you know they don't. You know Ned is not that chaste where he won't make out with Edna. Um. But I, this is, to be fair, also a little bit of foreshadowing of what becomes the conflict between the two of them. So it, Yes, it, it is. So it works in that regard as well. It is not just completely random, like, oh, they need a, we need to have them face some sort of weird, uh, you know, it's a minor conflict. We don't know it is, but it, because it is foreshadowing the major conflict that happens later on, it works really well. It does. It does. And we're going to get to, you know, it's actually going to take a while. There's going to be a lot of character development and throughout the rest of this episode, it's going to be a while until we get to what that actual, you have a whole other act until we get to mm, the yeah, core issue. And it's my, almost like this was paced at, uh, this, this episode was paced out correctly. Do you think it should have come earlier? We'll get there, Matt. Okay. We'll get there. We come back. From, you didn't say the words. You gotta say the words. I said we went to commercial. Say it again. Uh, and we go to a commercial. Okay, we come back from commercial at ten minutes and forty six seconds. Uh, school school's out. School's let out just for the day. Um, and this is just kind of this is the weakest stuff. In, I don't know. The ending's also really bad. Uh, so I can't say yeah. this is the weakest stuff in the episode, but it is like a weird. They shift focus. Like almost this entire episode has been Edna, Edna, and then Edna and Ned. And now we get weird Bart and Homer in here because they need. They can't just have Edna and Ned have kind of normal... Uh, you have to be reminded that this is The Simpsons, Robbie. They can't just... like They can get to that conflict. The, the, basically, it's about sex, right? Their conflict is yes. about sex. And for some reason, The Simpsons don't... The show, The Simpsons, doesn't want to get... They can get there natively. Like we, They can do it by themselves. We don't need to have troublemakers. We don't need people to stir the pot. We don't need Bart and Homer to do this. Um, but I guess The Simpsons, like Matt said, we need to remember this is The Simpsons. And so we follow Bart going home from school on the school bus with Edna basically just driving right with him because she is going to Ned's house next door. And um, we have like a couple scenes with Bart and Homer doing stuff. Uh, I don't know why. Like, again, it just feels like they're reminding us Bart and Homer are here. I'm like, okay. I I I like I like this episode more when they weren't. Can we Yeah. Can we do that? No. Okay. So, we get some Bart Homer stuff. It's kind of nonsense. Not that good. Uh especially compared to the Ed and Edna stuff we've gotten in the rest of this episode. And then we get Edna and oh, we get a we get a scene with them harassing Ned, throwing stuff over the fence. And finally Bart gets thrown over the fence at Ned. And this segues directly into a scene with Edna with Ned knocking on the Simpsons door. Well, if it isn't a local school marm and his new girlfriend, <laughs> that's a burn on you, Flanders. <laughs> Pretty funny, Homer. It's not funny at all. Homer, I'd appreciate it if you weren't so rude to Ned. <laughs> Whoa, Flanders, this chick does not get our thing. Actually, she sort of does. What? Homer, do you know how lucky you are? Ned is a wonderful, caring man and a darn good neighbor. Language. Yeah, language. Sorry, Ned, but I can't watch this guy push you around anymore. Marge, tell her how I don't push Ned around. 
Actually, sometimes you do push that around. What? <laughs> Don't do that, homie. It rubs off your side hair. Hey, Ned, can I borrow some hair? Which brings me to item number two on the agenda. I understand you borrowed a thing or two from Ned that you never returned. And I'll just take my tumbleweed back. See, Dad? Having Kabapo next door is nothing but trouble. Teachers should not be allowed to live near their students. We're natural enemies, like George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. Don't panic, son. We can bust up Teachy and Preachy. Here's what we do. I'll take Flanders out and remind him of the joys of the single life. You scare Rod and Todd by telling them Kerbapo will become their evil stepmother. If fairy tales have taught us one thing, it's that first wives are perfect, second wives are horrible. Just the opposite of real life. So plot, Matt. Yeah, sometimes plot is a bad thing, I guess. That's this is the pro- the problem me with all this is that this could have happened naturally with Ned discovering the things about Edna's past, and they were going to skip all of this. Then we got to skip all this. Edna could Ned could have have th- instead of all this, you just have that scene where they eventually get to that scene anyway, where Ned discovers oh, Edna slept with a lot of people. Um and which again, it's not like it's secret information in Springfield. So again, you could easily just have scenes where Ned discovers that stuff, and we get to this major conflict earlier in the episode. Gives us more time to build up to a resolution and actually have a resolution, which we don't get in this episode. Which is my actual big giant complaint, but I think it starts right here with all this nonsense in the middle. Um, I do like Edna standing up for Ned. I really do like that because it shows like, oh, this is why this is another reason that she's good for him is that she has she's not afraid of making people angry. She's not afraid of like, no, get what are you doing? Give him his stuff back. Don't be a jerk. I don't care. I'll, I'll tell you directly to your face. I'm not polite about it like Ned is. Ned's yeah. too polite. And that it's really that's nice, but and that's what's one of the reasons they make an interesting couple. Exactly. Um. So we get this, these plans to split them up. Uh. Which Homer and Ned go to Mo and Mo's, and we get the 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 this. It's some of it's really good. I I don't know. It's comp, it's weird. I like it, but I also don't necessarily think it's necessary. But we do get this basically a like a heartfelt speech from Ned about love. Yeah, isn't this place great? If you're single, you can come here every night. I don't want to come here. Last time I did, someone slipped me a Mickey and wrote Churchy Joe on my face. That's <laughs> <laughs> your own fault. You gotta read the coaster. Oh, my. Ned, let's cut to the chase. Yeah, let me guess. You're probably gonna do something boneheaded like trying to talk me out of seeing Edna. Ned, if it's boneheaded to talk you out of seeing Edna, then I don't want to be brain-headed. Homer, listen to me. For a long time now, I've been looking over the fence at that wonderful relationship you have with Marge. Then I remember what it was like to have a sweet woman of my own lying in a twin bed across the hall from mine. Someone to hold the other end of the sheet when I fold it up. Someone to put in my prayers. Oh, Ned, I never dreamed that beneath those idlies and diddlies there was a dude. That's right. And like any man, I put on my secret Christian underpants one leg at a time. <laughs> oh, you beautiful, beautiful wuss. So this is sweet. It is. It's as sweet as Homer is going to get in season 22. 
I mean, mostly from Ned, man. I don't Homer in this is nothing. That's true. There's Homer in this is fine. He's just kind of passenger to Ned, um, because he's already changed his mind. He doesn't want to break up Ned and Ned anymore, um, because of this heartfelt plea. And this is nice from 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 Ned, but I think you could just repurpose all of this and have him say it to Edna uh, later in the episode if you really want to do it that way. Uh, so we have this, and then we cut to Bart with Rod and Todd. He's trying to get Rod and Todd upset at Edna. Uh, turns out Rod and Todd are already like doing all the housework that they w- that he Bart thinks that Edna would make them do. Like they're and they tailor Bart's clothes. He has a hole in his. She, they're gonna there's a hole in the armpit, which you know, no surprise there. There's a scene there. Uh, this is again. Why, why is this here? Like, what is this for? Like, what is what is this yeah. scene for? Like, this is a Ned and Ned episode. And we're watching Bart with Rod and Todd. Like, is it? It's connected, yeah, but is it necessary? No. And in an episode where they clearly are trying to like keep it tight, like they they're trying to use as much time as they can to get this thing to have this episode. Why have this scene? Cut this scene. This scene is not necessary. Um. So now we cut to what becomes the major conflict of this episode, way too late in the episode, is in my opinion, where we have Ned at Moe's, now with Homer, and learns that Edna has slept with many people. Ned, I have a confession to make. I may not have come here solely with the noble intention of getting drunk, but now from the bottom of my heart, I wish you and Edna the best. Fellow barflies, to Ned Flanders and Edna Krabappel. What a fox! Yeah, to Edna. Yeah, that brought us some dame. You all know Edna? Oh, yeah, man. Uh, everybody knows Edna. <laughs> mm, we made sweet music in the band room, poetry during English class, and you don't want to know what we did in the multipurpose room. Shut up. My email address is ednalover172. It was the lowest number I could get. Guys, quit telling the truth. Yeah. Edna's amazing. Joey Kramer, the drummer from Aerosmith? Yep, that's me. And after a night with Edna, I couldn't walk this way, that way, or any other way. Ooh la la. Wait, you've all plucked a peach from her tree? Uh, 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 so, uh, Joey, is Wikipedia accurate when it says Walk This Way was inspired by young Frankenstein? Well, Homer, you really put one over on old stupid Flanders here. Thanks a lot, neighbor. Don't you mean neighborino? No, just plain neighbor. You stupid jerks. I can't believe you could be so cruel. Especially you, Joey Kramer. Ned, is anything wrong? You've been acting distracted all night. Oh, I was just wondering how many boxes of staples I should order for the store. Does ten sound like a lot to you? Twenty? Fifty? What does sound like a lot to you? What exactly are we talking about here? Uh, maybe we should just call it a night. Oh, okay. See you tomorrow? Yeah, give me a kiss, Natty boy. That's right. Kiss all the men that have ever made their way to Edna's adventurous tongue. Including me. I shall be discreet in my tweets, but brutal in my blog. We made love in so many elevators. Experiment. What is it? I, I can't do it. Edna, call me Delta Airlines, because I can't handle your extra baggage. Whoa, 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 whoa. No leaving until we all spook you on Edna's face. All right, pipe down back there. You'll get your chance. Oh, come on, Mo. Quit hogging her face. Ah! 
I, I'm of two minds about the face gag. I think it's an interesting way of showing what Ned is feeling, but it's a little weird. I like it, man. Uh, I think it's great. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it is, you have to, you could just have Ned, like there's, we're in, it's a visual medium. You could have just Med, Ed, Med I keep, the Nedness, the Ned, Edna I know, it's is killing just, me too, right? just all constantly just, just misspeaking. But you could just have Ned monologue, like having an inner monologue about thinking about this stuff. You could have him thinking about all those dudes. But I think this is the most direct way of like capturing his anxiety about it um, without necessarily making it. You know, it doesn't really allude at this point. Oh, is this bad or is it good? It's just simply a way that Ned feels, which I think is their right way to do it. Uh, Ned is, you know, he's a conservative Christian guy, and he—they've already brought up the fact he doesn't want to have premarital sex, and this is the way to like. Oh, I was, I was raised in a similar environment as a young a young child, and you are told many times. Uh, when you're, you know, choosing a mate, uh, is oh, every everyone they've had sex with, you're having sex with, and you're like, okay, that's not true in any way, shape, or form, but that is drummed in your head, and so I fully believe Ned believe, thinks of it that way, and so this is the direct way to show it, uh, and it works really well. And he just freaks out and you know runs away effectively because he doesn't know how to process all these feelings. He really, really likes Edna, but now he is aware of like, oh no, what does this mean to me? How can I get it? like, you know, his own socialization and the way he thinks about the world, all this stuff, his beliefs. This is how you do it. This is a this is really good. Uh, unfortunately, Matt. After this scene is a commercial, and it's 18 minutes and 21 seconds, which gives us two minutes to wrap all this up. Yeah, two minutes. If they could, they, if they could have just cut the Homer and Bart crap of them harassing Ned, they could have had an extra minute to do this, and that probably would have been enough, honestly. But don't worry, Robbie. There's more wasted time in the fourth act. Mm-hmm. Don't you worry. Mm-hmm. So when we come back into the, the beginning of the fourth act, the Robbie said we're at 18 minutes and 21 seconds. Uh. Homer and Marge are talking, and Marge points out to Homer that this is partially his fault, and that maybe he should go and try and make things okay. So Homer runs up to Ned during his power walk and gives him a little speech about forgiveness, about you know relationships and, and forgiving and all those sorts of things, and, and looking past what is necessary uh, to you know looking past what some other another person has done in order to make a relationship work. Ned takes this the wrong way. <laughs> As, as we are about to see. So he goes to ne- uh, Edna. Almost did it again. He goes to Edna to talk about her, and it does not go the way you think. Edna, I had a long talk with Homer Simpson yesterday, and as I was carrying him back home, I had a lot of time to think. You've been with a lot of men, but I forgive you. You forgive me? You sanctimonious prude. Who are you to judge how I've lived my life? Ned, I'm not ashamed of dating those men. I'm proud. I still wear your bra. Well, not exactly proud, but I'm stuck. Ned, if we're going to stay together, you have to promise that my past will never, ever get in our way. (sighs) I guess this is going to have to be decided by a higher power. So we're going to let the internet decide. 
Should Ned and Edna stay together? Visit thesimpsons.com and vote. We'll announce the results in next year's season premiere. Probably at the end, so you'll watch the whole thing. There's a whole host of voting options. Friends with benefits, frenemies with frenefits, super friends with wonder pets, all designed to distract you while we take your personal information and use it to apply for credit cards in your name. Homer, stop teasing. Right, teasing. I'm waiting for you. Also, if you want to find the real shooter of Mr. Burns, go back and look for more clues. They're all there. Homie, it was Maggie. Yeah, right. A baby shot a guy. Ugh, just vote. It's your duty as a citizen of TV. Yes, Robbie, it's your duty as a, as a citizen of TV. I can't state how much I hate this. I know. I, I okay. hate if this. You, if you wanted there to be a vote... You don't have to have this awful scene of like citizen, your duty as a citizen of TV, Homer being a jerk about all this stuff. You can just have spend an extra 30 seconds, a minute of them talking this over and then have it fade to black. Instead of, oh, I guess we I guess we're kind of at an impasse here. And then you let it fade to black and then, you, and then you know, through some other channel or flash up a title card or something and say, hey, what do you guys think about this? Tell us here and then not say, oh. We're going to do it based on your responses because then you get all people trying to game it and all kinds of stupid crap. It just it's so dumb. I hate I, it. I this is this episode is by up until this point, right? Up until this point, even within my complaints about certain things, this episode is by far the best episode of season twenty two. Not, oh, not by, by a, a light year. Not even close. Um and this is not a lone occurrence. This is gonna be a thing that pops up now. F- like I don't, I don't know if we've gotten any strict gimmick episodes of The Simpsons or strict gimmicks in The Simpsons in the past few years prior to this. Um, they probably exist, but nothing that jumped out at me. But this is the thing that it continues to this day, and every single time I despise it. Um, you know how like, and it's like it's very clearly like, like this is the creative staff of the Simpsons going, Oh, how do we pop ratings? How do we introduce gimmicks? How do we get people interested in the show? Um, you know how you do that? You make good episodes. Simple. That's it. That's it. You make good episodes that resolve, that have an ending, um, that tell a complete story from beginning to end. You make it funny. You make it heartfelt. Uh, and your people will talk about the Simpsons because they'll go, Oh man, the Simpsons is good. That was a good episode of The Simpsons. I want to watch another one. You don't have to have a big dumb gimmick at the end. You don't have to have like they did. It, I think maybe in last season thirty four, season thirty three, where they had a live action Homer. They hooked up uh, Dan Castaneda to like a, a motion rig so that they could like live animate Homer effectively. Yes, yeah, I remember like that. it's that. It's that same gimmick, and it's a. It just there's no in-universe reason for this. There's no reason to cut away to Marge and Homer in front of a, a red back, like in front of, like on a stage and have them talk, break the fourth wall, talk directly to us. It is, this episode is so good up until this point. And what this episode desperately needs is for Flanders to have a crisis of conscience because he doesn't know what to do. He really likes Edna. Maybe he even loves Edna. And he realizes that is what is more important than all the beliefs that have been drummed into him about a, a, a woman's purity and all that nonsense. And then eventually they get together. Because here, spoilers, 
the the vote was overwhelmingly in favor of keep them together. But the first episode of season twenty three, which we'll be covering next week, is nothing to do with Ned or Edna. It is just it is another it's just another episode of The Simpsons, and there are you they I think they're in the background of a, of a scene. You see that them there together, and they come in over the end credits and thank the audience for keeping them together. But we don't get it. We don't get a resolution. We don't get to see Ned get over this. You know this this the this this this. I don't know, belief, errant belief about Edna. We don't get to see them come back together. We don't get to see Edna forgive him for him being upset about all this. We don't get to see them resolve it, which is great. It would be a great scene. We don't get any of that. Instead, we get, oh, go vote on the internet. And you know what's really good, Matt? You know what's really exciting about this? Is that this, for us right now, in the year 2023, or anyone watching, in now or in any other point in the future... This is meaningless. This is empty because we can't mm-hmm. vote. It worked only for the, the people who watched it then and over the summer. And then after that, it's useless. It's empty, an empty scene that does nothing for the show. And the people writing it, I don't know if they thought about the, the, the creatives have thought about that at all. Like, oh, we're not creating something to be last forever for people to enjoy for years. We're going to just make a gimmick for one night, for one summer. And they clearly want to relive the excitement that was that that came about because of who shot Mr. Burns. They even mention it in the this 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 last scene. But who shot Mr. Burns had a second episode that wrapped everything up. The there's no second episode of this. We just get we do get Nedna stuff later in the in the show, but we never get a actual episode that follows up on the plot points introduced in this. They just end the episode this way. And we are just like, we have to write the scenes in our head. You write the scene. You write the scene where Ned and Edna figure it out and they stay together. You write it because the Simpsons didn't. And it's really, really frustrating uh, to me. I Everything else in this episode is really good. Um, even great, some of it. But the Bart Homer stuff is useless, pointless. I would have cut it all out. This would be Ed and Edna show. I would barely see the Simpsons in it, the family. You would have Ed and Ed. You see Edna and Ned have this conflict about uh, uh, Edna's past. And Ned would grow and learn that it doesn't matter. And they, at the end of the episode, they'd come together. Or if you wanted to make it two episodes, you could make it two episodes. I mean, I think there's enough here. Uh, that you could stretch it out if you really tried and had some good quality. The the montage, you could split that up and have, you know, that be a little more interesting. And you could still have this be, you know, a conflict. And you have, oh, you know, Ned goes to Homer to ask for advice or Edna goes to Marge or, you know, Edna goes to Skinner or something like that. If they had a, Matt, if the first episode of season 23 was the resolution of this, was part two, I would have no complaints. Yeah. No complaints. I'd be like, okay, we'll watch part two and judge it on its own. But they don't do that. They just have a, they waste a minute of this episode with Homer and Marge talking to us. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you like? What on earth are you doing? Oh, we need to pop ratings. We need to get people talking over the summer. I'm like, you know how you do that? Make good episodes. Season 22 has been miserable. You, like you can't overcome all this just by making gimmicks. It's so it, it's really like this episode. It's been was so good, and that ending just really deflated me. And it, that is the thing where people like the, all the patron reviews and all the things I see online about this episode. It's like it's really, really good, and I agree up until the last two minutes, last minute even, because this isn't an ending. 
This is not an ending to an episode. This isn't go. You can't just say, "Oh, you know how you feel about Das Das Bus, man." Yes, that's how I feel about this. Where it's just like this isn't an ending. You can't just say, "Oh, we leave it to a higher power." No, no, that's lazy. No, no, this is actually worse because I feel like over time my hate for Das Bus has relinquished because it's it's almost like it's become a meta thing of like how stupid that is and now it's actually funny this i don't think that will ever happen for no there's no there's no end like because this isn't a joke that's the other thing this is there's no joke here it's just literally just oh we have a deep conflict in this relationship and we'll let the internet vote for it you're like well why don't you just decide and write that like what are you what, like it, it feels like the death of Jason Todd all over again, where it's just like, we're going to let readers decide. And you're like, why? Why don't you just make it actually make some like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Like, are we making art? Is that the intent here is to tell stories? It's the same problem I have with people like making AI, like writing, making art and making songs or writing books. And you're like, why are we here? Why do you engage with art? Is it? Are you, do you want to make something interesting or you just want to see a computer do all the work? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, I, I'm interested in humans telling stories, making interesting artistic de- decisions and choices. This is nothing. This is like, oh, uh, we leave it up to the audience. You're like, oh, okay, thanks. We'll rank it at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? No. As much as I want it to be, Matt. I, I think, I, I don't think it's broken, even though I really want to, I really want to say yes and just say, oh, everything I just said, right? But I still would—I still think I would not say I would not tip this over the edge into broken, um, because everything else on it is very good. Um, I think it's unfair to the rest of the episode. Honestly, um, I don't know. I would be upset if I wrote this episode, and that's the thing I question, Matt. Now we mention it, Jeff Westbrook, and we know all that. Like, obviously, yeah, his name is on this, but it's a writer's room. The room shapes an episode as much as the individual person's name did they decide to do this did the writer's room decide to do this or did what did this come up from did this come from al Jean or matt greening or one of the other producers did they say oh we should do a gimmick now do a gimmick or did the writers come up with it either way whoever who's responsible i don't like it i don't think this episode is broken yeah. though um do you disagree nope i 100 percent agree okay uh we can move on to our next segment it's time for comments from the news group Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Um, from Tim. Can't believe this episode is in season 22. Oh, wait, what do I say? Comments News Group is where I ask our patrons over there on patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. Uh, and uh, leave, have ask for the, a review. And they leave a review and I read it on air. So join us over there if you want your air, your review to be read uh, from Tim. I can't believe this episode is in season 22 has the heart of a season three episode with a realization that the Simpsons has been around for over two decades. The Nedna pairing just makes a heck of a lot of sense. Surprised it took this long, to be honest, extremely short opening signing in so that it isn't too long. actually makes sense. You know what? I cared how the plot, I cared how the plot resolved itself. Homer and the barflies acted logically provided a bit of character development. Both Edna and Ned acted like people. Imagine that. I'll take this right ahead of Bart the Lover to replace it at 157. It's canon that doesn't need to be fixed. Uh, from Dara, I'll admit it. They got me. For the first 17 minutes, this episode was, was fantastic. Then, oh, what's the PG way of saying this? They have Ned promiscuous shame Edna. And the moment he said, I forgive you, I was ready to scorch the earth in my review, but the writers actually made it work. And it responded like a strong, independent woman would. You know, you already... You should already know my answer. Best episode ever of season 22. 
uh, from Derek. There was so much in the episode that was ripe with the potential to make up an entire episode, but alas, and of course, it was all bunched together, so there's no possible time for anything to be fleshed out enough to be satisfying. Bart pushing Edna so far that she lashes out. The consequences thereof could make for a really compelling story on its own. Similarly, the idea of Nedna sounds like a really arbitrary pairing at first, but the lonely widowed man bonding with a lonely, unlucky, in love woman is actually another compelling one to explore throughout the entire runtime. That's not actually what happens here. Ned bumps into Edna by coincidence, and then they just instantly are smitten because the episode is about them getting together, so it just happens. Okay, what do you want from me? I want to go on my lunch break here. They got these big tuna fish bagels down at the... What, are we, what bit are we doing here, Derek? And you can get a grill with cheese and $5? Get out of here. Uh, I even like the idea of the last act of Ned being conflicted by Edna's past, but it's also contrived with Skinner and comic book guy being at Moe's, where neither frequent ever. So annoying when they have something, but they just can't or can't be bothered to make it work. This season was atrocious, by the way. I think it just continues to plummet from here. I can't argue with that. This season was abysmal. Maybe I'm just tired. I don't know, but it feels worse than anything. Uh, from JJ, I like this episode. I think Ned and Edna work surprisingly well as a couple. It actually forces them to move Ned away from the Christian stereotype he's become, though there were still a few jokes about it that made me roll my eyes. There were moments, especially in the second half, that reminded me that they used to write their side characters like real people and not joke machines. Season 22, so it's not perfect. It's not very funny. The inciting incident of Edna slapping Bart being forced to spend her days in a holding facility ends up being completely pointless. Edna and Ned's first meeting is needlessly contrived. The voting gimmick makes me cringe a little. They could have easily resolved their conflict within this episode and kept them together. Obviously, the fans were going to vote for Nedna since we were desperate for any meaningful status quo change to spice up the shambling corpse of a show. It's just a shame their union only lasted a couple of seasons. At least they gave Edna a brief happy ending. Uh, from Mitch 100, I'm just going to say it. This was a good episode. Not comparatively good when stacked up against the other episodes of season 22. This was good. No qualification required. Highlights the voice acting, particularly from Harry Shearer. The scene at Moe's where he thinks Homer has, has set this up was genuinely affecting. Uh, story was focused. Homer did not overshadow the main story or characters, and I only counted two lazy jokes. I wanted more pushback on the shaming of Edna at the end. She was able to say what we all were thinking, but would have preferred that to be stated upon. I actually see Ned fully grasp the awfulness of trying to forgive someone for something that does not even need an ex explanation, let alone forgiveness. You cannot think of a better episode in the last five, se five or so seasons, maybe longer. Yeah, I've been thinking about where to rank this. We're going to have to talk about it. That's going to be tough. It is. It's a little trick. Tricky, tricky, tricky business. Uh, we can move on. That's it. You can uh, support us at patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show to join our parade of pain or cavalcade of calamity. Leave your reviews every week or any week. You jump in and out. You don't have to do it every week, even though a lot of our diehards do. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite car stunt in a movie? Which is, yeah, it's simple as that. I mean, I would also accept buses, trucks, vehicles, anything with <laughs> wheels, really. But y'all understood. Uh, thank you all for, lis thank you for listening. Thank you for answering. Matt, take it away. All right. First up from Tim, Blues Brothers is just chock full of car stunts. But if I have to pick one, it would be in the reverse flip Jake and Elwood performed to avoid the Illinois Nazis. Robbie, I have a confession. I've never seen Blues Brothers. Well, I did Matt, not know there were Nazis involved. Matt, 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 Matt. Okay. I know. I this know. is my earnest plea to all y'all. Okay. Blues Brothers, it, Blues Brothers might be my answer for this question, by the way. But Blues Brothers is incredible. Uh, it's the best SNL movie. Better than Wayne's World. I'm saying it again. It's the best SNL oh. movie. It's better than Wayne's World. It is uh, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd at their 
peak. I think better. I think Dan Aykroyd is better than this than Ghostbusters or any other thing he's in. Uh, is definitely my favorite Belushi thing. Um, it is funny. It has an incredible collection of musicians. Aretha Franklin's in this movie. Cab wow. Calloway sings a song that was a number one hit literally 50 years before the movie was uh, movie came out. Uh, and it's great. Uh, the music in this is great. It's incredibly funny. It is a blockbuster. It is one of my favorite comedies of all time. And yes, there are Illinois Nazis in it. Um, and it is, that is how I, if you see Blues Brothers, you will understand. You understand what I mean when I say anyone, if, when I see a Nazi, a neo-Nazi, I call them an Illinois Nazi. Because they're okay. always suburban idiots, suburban racists who think they're, they're, for some reason, descended from weird German nonsense. Uh, I call them Illinois Nazis because they're in there. And in this movie, they're, uh, I, I think they die. I'm not positive about that, but they are tortured and basically abused throughout the, the length of the film, which is great. Uh, this movie came out in 1980. I want to say that again. Uh, Blues Brothers is incredible. Don't just dismiss it because it feels like a boomer movie. It could come out. It could come out yesterday, and it would still be great. Blues Brothers is great. This is my Blues Brothers tangent. Please continue, Matt. All right. Next up from Dara, the entire heist scene in the Italian Job, Mark Wahlberg version, and subsequent getaway capped off a surprisingly decent popcorn flick and gave me a love for Mini Coopers. Uh, for Matt, in the Bond film, The Man with the Golden Gun, there's an intense scene where a car does a barrel roll over the body of water on one take. What really brings the scene down is the composer, John Barry, decided to add a slide whistle during the flip. The sound effect really brings the scene down a peg, but the actual stunt is a marvel for the times. Yeah, back when they had to do this stuff for real. Whew. Uh, from Derek, uh, I love me some explosions, but I'm actually going to go for a more tame one, and that's the whole frantic taxi scene from Die Hard 3. It's one of my favorite parts of the whole franchise with Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson playing off one another as they desperately try to get across New York in a taxi, and John McClane narrowly avoids mowing down pedestrians GTA style. <laughs> There's lots of fun little car stunts, and it's really entertaining both visually and script-wise. That is a really good one. Uh, for Mitch 100, they flipped a truck in the dark night. I thought that was pretty cool. You're correct there, Mitch. It, it was it was pretty cool. I agree. It was yeah. pretty cool. Uh, from Aaron, I love the car chase in the Dirty Harry film, The Deadpool. He is chased by a booby-trapped remote control toy. It's both a hilarious send-up of a movie car chase tropes and an officially suspenseful scene in its own right. Did they they parodied that in The Simpsons? Right? No, no. It was a it was a Batman villain who did it. I think in um all oh, the the animated Batman movie uh. You know what I'm talking about? Mask of the Phantasm. Doesn't the Phantasm use little remote control cars to blow up places? Uh, Matt, I just, I, th I think I just got like 15 different things just shoved in my head at the same time. I have no idea. Okay, maybe. All right, fair, fair. If you know, let if you if you're out there listening, know let Robbie know. So uh, let him know whether I'm right or not. Don't let me. Don't let me know that. <laughs> All right, next up from Andy. In Christmas Vacation, when Clark drives the station wagon under the logging truck, that's not something you see every day. Andy's incredibly dangerous, and it requires a lot of skill to not die, something I don't think Clark Griswold actually had. So, good stunt. Uh, from Infinite Gur 4927, in Leaf Rear Die Hard, when McLean kills a helicopter with a police car because I was out of bullets. Uh, if favorite stunt on a car, though, Zoe Bell in Death Proof is insane. And finally, from Big Brain 01, Han dying in Tokyo Drift. The explosion looks really good. The randomness of the crash shows that even if they are good drivers, there is still danger in the movies, and even our heroes can and will die. A grounding in a fantastic movie series. I hope they don't retcon it twice. 
Mm, about that. About that. <laughs> Robbie, what is your answer? Is it the Blues Brothers? Uh, it's really hard for me to pick one. Uh, Blues Brothers certainly qualifies. There, but there, Blues Brothers has. I will say, okay, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna give like a top five, man. I'm gonna cheat. Uh, luckily, this Ooh. is my podcast, so I'm allowed to. Uh, um, this is a top five in no particular order. Uh, Blues Brothers shopping mall scene. They drive a freaking car through a shopping mall and destroy it. It's incredible. It's so good. Wow. Um, uh, Mad Max. I, I would I would put an entry from literally every Mad Max movie if I could. Uh, but F- Fury Road with uh, both in the the. I mean, I could probably list three different car stunts in Fury Road alone that are incredible. Um, Death Proof. I think that counts. I'm counting Death Proof, which is like the entire scene with, uh, like the 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 lady trapped on the hood of the car. Like oh, th- that entire chase. It's like 40 minutes long. It is so tense. You are just, ugh, you're just holding on for dear life the entire time, just like in the movie. Um, uh, I was like, I had I had one more answer at least. Here, that's a top three. I'm gonna say that. Uh, basically, every stunt in Fury Road, the Blues Brothers shopping shopping uh, shopping mall scene, and uh, Death Proof. Basically, everything that involves that crazy car and that it just it basically half that movie is just that, which is great. Um, I would pick any one of those are is is great. I all these answers are really good, honestly. Um, what's your answer, Matt? I actually have to go with the final sequence in Gone in 60 Seconds, uh, where they're, you know, they have to steal, I think it's like 40 cars, 500 cars, some weird, some crazy amount of cars they have to steal. Uh, and there's a chase throughout most of Los Angeles at the very end. And in the end, the, the car that he loves so much is just a broken down wreck because of how hard he's had to work to get it somewhere. And, you know, it's just a very traditional car chase that I think is really well done. Honorable mention goes to the Matrix. Uh, Reloaded. Reloaded's great too. Reloaded that on the highway scene, which is the thing people people complain they they criticize the the Matrix sequels, but the action scenes in those movies are insane. Absolutely bananas. And that the that highway chase scene is crazy. Um I was also gonna I just thought of it. Uh, I want to honorable mention to uh uh The Rock with the the them driving uh in san francisco with the the oh the, that's true that's with true. i think it's a lamborghini ferrari i forget i forget like just inc- with and there's a trolley like oh my god that's so good um oh also also honorable <laughs> mention to uh fast and the furious fast five the fifth one whatever where they're dragging a giant safe throughout uh i want to say it's buenos aires um, I mean, you can, I, I, or, I'm as much as you know, people, I, as much as people, I don't know. There's, I think there's like a contingent of people who are like, I want to make, I want them to make fast and furious movies forever. And then there's other people. <laughs> yes. And then there's other people who are like, why are there so many? And I would be happy. I'm happy they make them just because they still use create. They do crazy stunts. And I don't, I don't like it when they use CGI. I want them to be real. Like, except when, when they would clearly murder the stunt people. Don't do that. But, if it in at all possible, I like seeing a real car smash into things. It's always it's so it just it feels real. It feels visceral. It's always impactful. Next week's question: What's your favorite moment from season twenty two? Slim Pickens. I say that at the end of every like the past 
seven seasons, probably. <laughs> Slim pickings. And it's even more so in this season, but we'll see what we get. Uh, and if I, I'm going to allow for maybe one person to say when it ended, okay? And if, if you answer when it ended, you might not be, I might not read your answer because I'm only going to do it once. Um, <laughs> I post this on our subreddit, which is R The Simpsons Show. Uh, I post on our Patreon, again, patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show. And you can email us at simpsonsshowpod at gmail.com. It is time. The final time this season, Matt, it is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, try and stump the other. I have an insurmountable lead going into this last episode. This is is just for posterity. Yeah, this is for pride, Matt. You're playing it out for pride. Um, I have a 10-point lead. I am very proud of this fact. I'm not sure if it'll ever happen again. Have I cracked the code? Can I break Matt just every season from now on? Or was this just an anomaly? I'm I'm leaning towards the latter, um, but I'm still going to celebrate quite a bit. Um, are you ready for an easy question, Matt? I am ready, sir. All these questions are about Edna, not uh, not any not any one specific episode. Edna Edna Krabappel is voiced by who? I believe that was Marshall Wallace. That is correct. All right. Uh, I went random again this week. So today we're talking about the episode eight, Misbehaving. Mm. All right. What Simpsons characters have eight babies in eight Misbehaving? Apu and Manjula. You are correct. What Mm. is their last name, Robbie? The Nahasapima Petalons. There you go. Good job. You're welcome. Your mean question, Matt. What episode is Edna's first appearance? Oh, appearance of Edna. Obviously, it would have been season one. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm gonna go with. I believe she's in Bart the Genius. Is that your final answer? Yes, you're correct. Okay. Whew. I mean, I would certainly hope so. That is her first appearance. All right, your yeah, uh, your medium question. What does the alien Allen wrench in the Swedish furniture store need to live? <laughs> what? If you recall, the episode no, I, starts I, in a I, Swedish, I don't remember a Swedish furniture store that's basically an Ikea, and they meet a mascot who is Alan Wrench. But when everyone else goes away, he tells Bart, I'm an alien. They found me inside a meteor. I need this to live. I don't remember this at all, Matt. God almighty, what have the, what have the Simpsons become? And people were complaining about Codus and Kang being in a non Trials of Horror episode at one point. Right. Um, and they were doing this in, what, season 11? Eight base haven, twelve, whatever. I forget what season that is in, but um, I need cadmium. You're actually pretty close. It's actually tungsten. Tungsten. I knew it was like I was like I need tungsten to live. I know it was tungsten. Like, it was some weird like you know uh, one of the lesser known metals. Um, okay, Matt, your hard question. Edna graduated from what college? Um, okay, okay. Um, I believe it's. Bryn Mawr? Is that your final answer? Yes. <laughs> yes with a question mark. <laughs> you are correct, Matthew. Yes. 
See what happened? I went easy on you Definitely this week. Definitely went easy on me. I, I the things I, people said. I went easy on you this week and see what happens. I'm, this is just this is just an example, guys. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure there are weeks where people go, man, Robbie's being so mean to Matt. These questions are impossible. I mean, these questions, reasonable. These are reasonable questions. These are like, not everyone would know Bryn Mawr. I'm not going to say that. But to well, me. Well, she says that she, she went to Bryn Mawr or she got her master's from Bryn Mawr and then her husband ran off with a marriage counselor, which, ouch, man, that is a... I'm just saying, what you just heard from Matt is, is a, the reason why I have to go hard, and I cannot, there can be no mercy, cannot have any, I have to be like the Terminator. He, I will not stop until you are dead. Uh, what's my hard question, Matt? All right, uh, hard question. What free things do the, the Hasapima Petalons get for having eight babies? There are one, two, three, four, five things. I can't, I can't, free things they have for having eight babies. I have, I had no idea, Matt. I don't remember this. Tell, just tell me. Uh, okay, so it is uh, diapers, baby powder, Q-tips, only three crates, so they can rot in hell, Pepsi B, and a giant TV from Sony, all of which gets taken away from them. Why is it taken? Uh, because the non-uplets are born, and so they oh, take it back. Right. Don't think that would happen in real life. Uh, probably not. Um, that tells you how long it's been since I've seen that episode. I've not watched that episode since we did it for the podcast, which is years ago at this point. Five years ago? Four years ago? Probably. It's been a while. It's yeah. been a long time. Um, so final, the final tally for the season, season 22, me, I have 46 points. Matt has 41 points. This is not our lowest tally ever. Um, we had a run a few seasons ago where we were in the 30s by the end of the season. So we actually did pretty well comparatively to those seasons, although we're pretty we're kind of down compared to the last few seasons. Um, but I ha- I have I have achieved victory. It's my once every 10 seasons I get to win. Uh, so that's really nice. I'm I'm gonna. It's been one, two, three, four, five, six seasons since I won last time, and then seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. So I won six seasons ago and eleven seasons ago. So that tells you it's been three times in the past ten years, man. Ten seasons. <laughs> um, that's my ratio. It's close, 30 thirty percent. Not. It's not always close, man. You've beat me by. You've beaten me by eight points. You beat me by eight points. You beat me by eight points. Uh, you beat me by eight, no, seven points. Beat me by eight points. Eight points is not particularly. You at one point, you Matt, you beat me by seventeen points and fifteen okay, well, points. And one point, you beat me by twenty-one points. Twenty-one, you beat me. Twenty-one points. It's insane. Um, I win this season. I'm very happy about that. But new se- we new season starts next week, and Matt and I start. Fresh zero zero again. I have to climb the mountain. I don't know. I'm. I don't know if I can do it again. <laughs> it took a lot of effort. Um, that's it for trivia this week. We can move on to our next segment, our final segment, the segment we end every single episode with is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where we rank the episodes categorically, we watch them chronologically, eventually compile a list of every episode ever and how good they are. This is I. This is tough. It is. It is. Where's our highest season twenty two episode? Is it Great Simcina? Yes. Which is two sixty seven, okay. and this is better than that. 
I don't even think that, that, that's beneath some season one episodes. I think this is almost certainly better than all of our season one episodes. Yeah, I think this is better than probably all the season one episodes. Krusty gets busted. Yeah, Krusty gets busted is the number is our highest number one episode, and I think this is better than that. Um, I think that we have the Cartridge Family in number one ninety three. This is better than that. Um, yeah. I think this is right above that is kind of where we're at. I think this is that the problem with there is the problem with this, Matt. This is ninety percent. I would say maybe even a great episode. I would agree. Eighty-five percent and ninety percent. A great episode. The Ed and Nedna stuff. Ed and Ed and Ed and Ed and Ned stuff is really really good. Really well written. It feels like a throwback to season two or three, um, where it's definitely more grounded. Um, there's like jokes around the edges and stuff in this where it's kind of superfluous and not very funny. And that's the stuff that bleeds through from season twenty-two. The season twenty-two trends. Um, but the ending is just terrible. I hate it. Like it's hard for me to put this too high because I just when there's something in an episode that I hate, it's really difficult for me to put it too high. Like, it, yeah, it, like it's we, we basically have to take the average quality of the episode, not the median or anything like that. We have to include outliers because I mean, above that we've got like slightly higher. You know, Mayor to the Mob is that a great episode? No, it's okay. It's okay. It's an okay episode, but. It doesn't have anything in it that I hate as much of them just going, oh, there's no ending to this. You decide. Yeah. I mean, the trouble with Trillions, same thing. Oh, you know, Burns, Smithers, and Homer give a million, a trillion dollar bill to Castro. Like, okay. Yeah. I think it is probably above those, those, uh, I, uh, like here, I think, um, let me look. So, Homer to the Max. Homer to the Max, when I remember this distinctly when we rewatched it for the podcast, is that it doesn't hold up as much as we think it, of it. It is, there's a lot of really good stuff in it, and then it kind of falls apart. And I think Homer to the Max is a good, like, comparison point of, like, is this better than that? Is this better than Homer to the Max? I think it is. I think so too, because that episode is. It's got nostalgia going for it, and like the whole Homer to the, the Homer Max power thing is is a big thing. But overall, that's not really a great episode. No, um, but I think we're very, we're getting pretty close, Matt. Uh, like I think it's in probably the one sixties, um, but probably not much higher than that. Like uh, uh, no, Tim, Tim, getting, Tim, you're Tim in throughout. the sixties. You're getting to like. Darkoff and Darkoff's work, Homer versus Lisa the Eighth Commandment. It's definitely not better than those. Tim threw out Bart the Lover as this would be higher than that. I can't put this more than over Bart the Lover. No, no. Um, you're, you're in the right range though. Yeah, I think it's where I like. I really do like this a lot. It's just that ending. If that end, if this just had a resolution, if it just ended with Ned yeah. getting over it and sticking with and choosing to stick with Edna despite her past, and basically deciding, oh, that stuff doesn't matter. I love her. This episode might be, you know, 30 spots higher or 40 spots That's higher. Yeah. Um, but it's not. And it doesn't have it doesn't have an ending and I did like it's really no. frustrating. Um I'm looking at I am furious yellow because I think this is better than that. 
I think this is better than that, but right above that, you got Homer versus Lee, the Eighth Commandment, Radio Bart, Marge gets a job. I think those are better than this. I think they are more all around enjoyable just because of that. I, I think you're right, Matt. I think this goes above I Am Furious Yellow, but it can't get over those Golden Year episodes because it doesn't, the ending. The ending keeps it down. If it, like, I, it just, it's baffling to me. You're not, this is a plea to people, like, you're not just making television for a day, for like that night, right? This isn't like you're not just printing a newspaper. Like this isn't just like we're not you're not making a comic in 1937 where you people are reading it and then throwing it away because it cost a penny. Like this was made in 2011. <laughs> this is going to be on DVDs. This is going to be like they didn't really have streaming services yet, but this is going to be captured in perpetuity forever. Did they not think like oh? In 10 years, when people watch this, this is going to be really unsatisfying. Did no one, did they not think that? They just went, oh, it'll be, it's a fun gimmick, probably. Um, so that puts it at number new 165. The Nedliest, the Nedliest Catch. Do we, like the titles, the puns. The puns, Matt. Indeed. The, the puns. I just don't have the patience for them. So Nedliest Catch New number 165 on our list, right below Homer vs. Lisa, Eighth Commandment, right above I Am Furious Yellow. Pretty high in the list, comparatively. I don't know if I expected it to be that high, to be perfectly honest. Um, I'm going to have to do some math. It's the new number 30. It's the 34th best post-Golden Years episode, which is pretty good. No, not 34th. I'm looking at the wrong spot. It's higher than that. Um Oh, new tw- new number twenty post golden years ranking. Um, that's that's high marks. High marks. It be it might it could have been in the top ten post golden years episodes if it was had an ending. I think it would. If it would have made a top ten uh, post golden years probably and made the top one fifty overall if it had just a decent ending. It's really upsetting. Um, we're not done, Matt. We have one more thing to do. One more question to answer, and that question is: Do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? It stays. It stays in the camera. I, I think it definitely stays. Yeah. yeah. Like this is this is the first interesting thing that's happened to, you know, the uh status quo in a long time. Um, yeah. I think um I mean I mean I am glad that it was the audience overwhelmingly kept Ed and Edna and Ned together, but I just wish it they didn't I just wish it, there was no vote. Like just decide, guys. Like that's your that's what you do. Like, that's the, it's so, it also just, it compounds, man, when this whole episode feels like they put forth a lot of effort and really tried with this one, really tried to make a really good episode, and then they do this lazy ass, just this lazy ending where it's just like, ugh, come on. Um, It stays. Uh, We're at number 159, Matt, moving our way down this list, right above, not too far away uh, uh, from, from the Nedliest catch. Uh, we have to answer the same question about the day the violence died. Oh, Chester J. Lampwick. Yes, for sure. <laughs> uh, I, what's the the um, the uh, the other characters? What a uh, post post postal post. What is his name? Pete. Uh, paste pot. No, that's that, that paste pot. Pete oh. is a Marvel character from the Mr. 60s. Zip. Mr. Zip. Okay. He's the trapster now. Thank you very much. They changed his name. It pays pop Pete's a pretty yes. bad name. <laughs> Stan, that's yeah, Stanley right. for you. Here you go. 
<laughs> you want to ask? Sometimes you get really cool character names like Magneto. Then other times, Pace Pop Pete. <laughs> Not so good. Pace Pop Pete. It's a joke. Did Pace Pop Pete show up in the Superior Foes of Spider-Man? He should have. Even I if, don't think he did. But he, sh- he should have. I don't think he did. I think the, even though Spirit Fuzz Spider Man was great. Um, baseball piece. So incredible. What F level villain <laughs> for, the, for, the, for, the, for the Fantastic Four? Um, but uh, no, Mister Zip. Uh, the yeah, Chester J. Lamp books great. The Day of Vines died is really good. Uh, it definitely stays. It's part of the canon. It's very funny. Not a super big, like, doesn't have any really character in it, honestly, but it's funny. And we get, uh, was that's a Eliza, right? Eliza and, uh, the appearance of Eliza and Matt, finish my thought. Oh, uh, Eliza and, uh, Lester. Lester. Lester and Eliza. So this is, this is, you can tell it's getting late in the day because my brain is just not fire. I'm like, I'm just trying to summon names and I just can't. Um, <laughs> uh, that's it for. That we don't fire the cannon day any day we don't fire the cannon man is a good day, that's what I say. Um, next week, our next episode is the first episode of season twenty three. It is the Falcon and the Doe Man. Uh, why do I have a feeling this has the, the episode has nothing to do with the title? It is actually apparently a parody or a reference to the whole episode is reference to a history of violence, which huh. I really like a history of violence, but I have no earthly idea how the Simpsons are going to do that plot. And also, it's not about Ed, Ed, Edna. It's not about Ned. It's just about... It's a weird spy thing, I think. I don't know. Really? We'll find out, I guess. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland appears in it. Again. He's a But he's just a security guard in it, who I think is actually like the sleeper agent or whatever they want to do. I don't know. I have no idea. We're going to, uh, this next next week, we're going to start season 23. May it be better than season 22. That's really my own, my only hope, Matt. Oh, please be better than season 22. But we have the, we have the, yeah. we have the Mo Bar Rag episodes in this season. So, which I know is a, cont- is a contestant for, I don't think it'll be the worst episode ever, but it's going to be down there. It's definitely not great. Um, That's next week. Thank you all for listening. I'm Robbie Dorman. That's Dorman with one O. People have asked me about that's Dorman with one O. I don't like it's I feel like I'm very easy to find on the internet. You can clearly see I list the Simpson show in all my bios wherever you find me. But RobbieDorman.com is where you can find all the things I do. All my books. Buy my newest book. It's called Dead End. It's a zombie story. It just came out. I've got a lot of really good responses about it so far. Really excited about that. It's out in the world. I don't have to worry about doing that part anymore. Um, but go buy it. It's literally available wherever you buy books, print or digitally. I've gone wide, okay? I'm not just on Kindle anymore. People keep asking me, like, are your books not anywhere but Amazon? Yes, literally everywhere. Barnes & Noble, Bookshop. You go to your local bookstore and say, will you order this book for me, this newest book by author Robbie Dorman? And they will go, okay, they can do that. It's in their systems. Or you can buy it on Kobo or Barnes & Noble's Nook or on Kindle. I don't care where you buy it if you buy it. Whatever, you know? whatever is the most convenient for you but it's out there i will even sell you a sign book if you just email me i'll do that too um i'm sorry i've just gotten a lot of things lately about it and i'm just like use the internet man like someone commented on my tiktok they're like what's this book about what's this zombie book about i'm like i have one i have 10 videos on my tiktok talking about it two you can't just google the name of the title and my name it'll immediately pop up a product page which has everything you need does no one know how to use the internet anymore, Matt? 
No, because they just have to, uh, thanks to social media, they just have to put out a question out there and some reply guy will come and tell them why they're wrong. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. No, that is correct. I spent all of my time taking care of the most adorable kittens you will ever see in your life. If you would like to see those same kittens, you can check out Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S on Instagram. Uh, But be warned, you will be sucked into a vast, vast swirling whirlpool of cuteness and may not be able to escape. Be warned. Be warned. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episodes. Shh.